The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Here's Brandon. Welcome back to Old Space Show. I'm Brandon, and this is my companion, Rachel. The series of Old Space Show follows the story-by-story time-traveling adventures of the Sixth Doctor and Mel Bush during season 23 of Doctor Who, dubbed The Trial of a Time Lord, Colin Baker's second year in the role. Today, we'll be discussing the story comprised of episodes 13 and 14, Colin Baker's final story, and episodes known as The Ultimate Foe. Charged with genocide by the treacherous Valiard at his trial, the doctor receives help from an unlikely source to turn the tide of the High Council's rulings in his favor and reveal the Valiard as a wrongdoer, the master. For the Valiard's own crimes are so atrocious, even the doctor's arch enemy will help him to ensure that the villain won't see the light of day again. Cornered, the Valiard flees to the Matrix, where he can be the doctor's judge, jury, and executioner. Chris Clow returns to direct this. Part one is written, and it's the f- final thing written by the, the great Robert Holmes, who passed away in between writing part one and part two. Part two is picked yep. up and finished by Pip and Jane Baker, starring Colin Baker, Bonnie Langford, Anthony Ainley, Michael Jason, Tony Selby, and James Bree. Uh, so we get returns in this one, Glitz and the Master, but mm-hmm. this story is one of the craziest ones behind the scenes in yes. the history history of Doctor Who. Which, I mean, it's not Robert Holmes's fault that he died. No. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't his reaction those... to this story. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not like he did it on purpose. But yeah, his unexpected passing did create... Uh, big wrench in the production behind the scenes with this because he did not finish the script so the powers that be call up pip and jane baker and be like hey you've already worked on other parts of this big thing kind of well no no first sayward (laughs) finished it well yeah and because eric sayward and 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 uh john nathan turner have been butting heads all through this era and Sayward, Bob Holmes... John Nathan Turner was butting heads with everybody. Yes, yes. From the uh, day he took the helm as showrunner. Right. Uh, and Sayward the was... The man a big, was a jackass. He was. <laughs> he was to people and, and to fans back in the uh, day. But so Sayward wants to finish it. Yes. John Nathan Turner doesn't... He leaves it the ending a bit ambiguous. John Nathan Turner doesn't like it. They fight over it. Sayward quits the show... Yeah. says you can't have my script he calls pip and jane baker and they have he tasked it like you can look at bob holmes script 
and then I can't tell you anything else. Like, yeah, you, like, you have to finish a script, by the way, in like a week. Uh, and nothing. <laughs> it's a really quick turnaround. And we can only tell you part of the story with the NDA yeah. or whatever. We're not allowed to tell you anything else. So you're going to have to figure out how mm-hmm. to make sure this fits in continuity wise. Well, also, and if anything comes remotely close to what Eric Sayward wrote, it has to go because we can't legally have him thinking that. I showed you anything or told you any, like it is in like this very like touch and it has to be done like right away. Like they, Mm -hmm. they flipped this around what, like uh, overnight or like two days. It it was really real. It had to have been like two or three days. Luckily it's a 24 minute episode and not, well though they boosted it to 30, right? They gave him extra time. Yeah, I think so. And luckily it's not like an hour long. (laughs) That would have sucked. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if you're going to give essentially the six doctors swan song to anybody, mm-hmm. it's Pip and Jane no, Baker perfect. because that's, they yeah. they get this doctor. Mm-hmm. Some of his best. I mean, they sing together like this is this is yeah. like Robert Holmes and uh, Tom Baker, basically. Like this is B- B- Terrence Dix and Pertwee and all like all mm-hmm. those things that went together. This was Collins right there. Yeah. Um, they come back for to open the next season uh, with Time of the Ronnie, and that is a story. But <laughs> once again, once again, Pig, Pip and Jane Baker thrown into the shit. Like that one has problems because of a changeover, and it's just it's a mess right now. Until about season, till about Dragonfire, the show is a mess. Like mm-hmm. um, production wise, some of it didn't show on screen. Some of it, well, you can bitch, but like. If you know what's going on, it's like, well, shit, they pulled that off. And there are some stories like later on, like Paradise Towers. It's a really good idea. It's got some really good like characters on paper, and, so, and they just don't have the time, the resources to yeah. pull it off. But it, it there's it's good stuff, but it's not there. I mean, and it's it's weird. This one, I'm rather impressed with what came out of it when you know what happened, and I didn't. Think it's not bad to begin with. As no, I, actually, of the entire trial of the Time Lord, I think this is my favorite. It part. might be my favorite. Um, I think it might be because here's the thing: I'm a, I'm a wackadoodle with some of my favorite Who stuff. My favorite Who stories tend to be the mind trippy, really abstract, wild. And this is Collins. This mm-hmm. is my favorite. Patrick Troughton stories, the mind robber. If that makes any sense to where I enjoy loving Doctor Who, where it gets this weird abstract thing, this is it. And this is Colin Baker's mind robber, like mm-hmm. through and through. He goes into the Matrix and stuff, and it is crazy. Nothing makes sense. Like it shouldn't, because it's a weird program thing. And I love the unpredictability of it, the gonzo things that happen, and. And they get to play around with doing some really like fun like set pieces mm-hmm. that you would like that you wouldn't probably find another reason to justify having like a old west carnival exactly Victorian yeah set it's like and have the doctor go into quicksand which it's like is this Jack know. the Ripper or Doctor Who like uh, yeah that's the cool part of like the lights are dark it's is it outside is it inside some dome thing like it doesn't. I love mm-hmm. that discomfort I have watching it that I don't know these things. And then you have the master brought back here, but fucking Jason 
upstages him. Like the villain, the Valier becomes a pretty solid villain here. Like, yeah. Rather than just sitting in court and telling him stuff, there's some wicked things going on. There's, yeah. It's like, we're going to bring Ainsley's master back, but he's just going to be on a screen. Yeah. So, yeah, the doctor is like, <laughs> the, the master comes in. We find out that Michael Jason, uh, his Valyard uh, through the master, is the doctor between regenerations. It's a. Somewhere, somewhere between between 12th and final, 12th and final, which leaves that very open, which which, (laughs) there's some things people are like, what? Well, there's also this isn't the first time we've had like a between regeneration scene because in Logopolis, there's the the watcher that is clearly something to do with the between regenerations or something. Right. And And the other on the other faces that we've seen in Brain of Morbius, the Brain of Morbius. So Brain of Morbius. And then we jump to things that aren't true at this time. Um, mm-hmm. 12th and final. Well, Matt Smith's doctor's given more regeneration. So he'll have a 12th. The final could be way down the line now because it's not between exactly. 12 and 13. And exactly. timeless child, brain of Morbius. Well, maybe we're on Dr. 87 and we have no idea. And that's fine. And that's I think that's cool. It's Dr. Mm-hmm. Who... The Doctor is always a mystery, and I always love anything that adds to the mystery of the Doctor. I don't think it yeah. shits on it. I think when we're just like content, well, this is who he is, I think there should always be a little mystery to who the fuck am I this guy I'm obsessed with watching all the time? You know, yeah. these, these well, people and, go on adventures with. And I mean, the having the Valyard run around calling himself the Valyard and mm-hmm. not the Doctor opened it up for john hurt's war doctor who refused to call himself the doctor mm-hmm. during yeah. the time war exactly so you yeah, know the, the how many other in, how many other incarnations are there are there that we don't know about because mm-hmm. they're not going by the name the doctor yeah and we have joe martin's doctor which was first known as the fugitive doctor and now they've changed it to uh the the, 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 the what's the the organization. I just I want to call her Dr. Ruth, but I can't. Yeah, the Ruth <laughs> Doctor. There was the Ruth Doctor, the Fugitive Doctor, and now the But I say um, Dr. Ruth, that either makes me think of the baby Ruth candy bar or Dr. Ruth, the sex therapist. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's what's the group she's in or what the that she does missions for? It's called the um Oh yeah, the um It's got a real simple word to it, but that's yeah. her that doctor now, the that something doctor, whatever. Yeah, that, I know what you're talking I'm about. Brain farting because we're talking classic who, that's modern who. Yep. Uh yep. but yeah, so I only got so much space up here for things. <laughs> Watch this space. Uh yes. <laughs> so but yeah, no, so this one he goes in, there's a lot of trippy so there's him getting I love it may look corny. I love him getting pulled into the sand with the hands. That's awesome. I'm sorry. And he gets to scream for the for the cliffhanger like Mel. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's funny. And then him coming up with Sabalon Glitz. And then the thing is, they filmed that in reverse. Yep. And he says a word properly out of his mouth. And this isn't, there's no digital trickery. Colin had to mouth that word backward perfectly for it to come yep. out forward, like, and it looks awesome. Uh, yeah, they had to build like a a pit mm-hmm. with like a tub, like a five gallon tub inside the ground with all you know with the stuff covering it, mm-hmm. and it just had like a like a thin like I don't know like sheet or something with a slit in it so that Colin could pass through it. Yeah, but make sure that he actually like has air 
so that he doesn't suffocate. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. but yeah, if they can only do it, a, uh, they can only do that shot like so many times because his doing it in reverse, he starts, you know, they had to obviously he needed to start under ground and mm-hmm. it's supposed to be like quicksand type thing. So his costume gets completely soaked. Right. So, uh, you know. There's only so many of that costume to go right? around. So <laughs> a lot of dry cleaning in this shoot. Um, yeah, there's uh, yeah, there's a cool thing of the uh, where he gets tricked into believing he's in the trial. That, that but point. appears that he gets tricked. It appears but... that he gets tricked, but yeah, it appears. But it's like it's a really cool sequence. I'm like, I don't care who the fuck you are in anything that. That was really cool. It's like, oh, shoot. And then it pans back to show that Mel is watching the doctor inside the Matrix thinking he's in. But he he knows what's up. He's the smartest guy in the room at all times. Always. Uh, And uh, it's really fun. Uh, There's the Fantasy Factory. That's a cool Mm -hmm. sign. Anywhere where uh, the Valyard in disguise is... Mr. Popplewick. Mr. Popplewick. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I really... This is a really cool story. This, Yeah, I think this... Ends on a high, the trial of the Time Lord, because going through when I had first seen it, stuff like I think like Mind Warp was cool, but that one's I've cooled on that one. But I think they're all pretty even keel throughout this mm-hmm. more than people want to. I know there's huge Vervoids fans, there's big Mind Warp fans. I think Mysterious Planet should get more appreciation than it does, but Ultimate Foe really, I never hear people going, Oh, that's the best one. But I, I mean, really, I from this one. From the Valyard, you know, going genocide at the end of Vervoids yeah. to the start of this, like it starts and it just goes. Goes, yeah. For how you know, whatever the runtime is between the two parts, you know, close to an hour or whatever. I mean, it just got I mean, Colin gets his chance to do the big speech mm-hmm. once he finds out that the whole Ravelox thing was actually the Time Lords, because the thing that Glitz was stealing. Mm-hmm. From Ravelox was essentially data tapes from the Matrix that the Time Lords wanted right. destroyed so that nobody would find them. And of course, you know, Colin is all like, you know, he's anti-establishment as the you know as the Doctor is concerned anyway. So he gets to have this big grand speech, which is what it, you know. Not every Doctor gets a chance to do the big speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fact that he gets one, and I mean, Colin just. Kills it, yeah. You know, every every time, yeah. You know, every time I, I watch that particular scene, I'm just like, ha, 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 and this is why I love this doctor. Yeah, is just him, just absolutely going off on his fellow Time Lords because of just how hypocritical they are. They yeah. they try to be so holier than thou. It's like the Jedi. That's the Star Wars. It's the Jedi for Doctor Who. The, yeah. the hypocritical, uh, you know. You know, heroes that you see and the more you get to know them you're like i don't think you hold up those or your your mission statement has some holes in it like mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah he yeah outsmarts the valyard thinks it defeats him but he's still around in the end he turns around never to be, <laughs> never big to be finish! seen big finish the final adventure i highly recommend that if people haven't if they want to listen to colin's proper regeneration story i know it's i refuse it's good though. You could listen. To I the- know, but I'm with I'm with Colin. He didn't regenerate on screen, so therefore oh. it does not count. Well, he he wrote a little. 
<laughs> Does his little essay he wrote inside the set count? Because he counts it. Um, I was. What if you listen to the first three? Because they're, they're four separate stories, Rachel. And the yeah. fourth one I'll is the regeneration the first, one. I'll just listen to the first three, the, not the, the last one. The first one's a really cool. He'll perpetually cool. be in not regeneration. <laughs> okay. The first one is a cool story in a train. And there's a, also a story with werewolves. That's pretty cool. So uh, I really like that set. Um, but yeah, uh, but Jason does return in that one. Um, but yeah. he's, he's he's done other outside of that too. Hasn't he done like... Mm-hmm stuff with like the time war i think so well, I yeah think. yeah he's gung-ho real cool yeah real cool stuff uh from michael jaston uh and i i just yeah i love these old actors like just I, either coming back for featurettes on blu-rays or doing big finish stuff and having a ball and just keeping keeping it alive enjoying something they may not have been keen on back in the 90s or the 80s when this was going on. And to go a little further, after uh, after Ultimate Foe airs, Michael Gray, the BBC, tells uh, John Nathan Turner that, hey, uh, and keep your damn show. You're staying the showrunner, and um, but you got to fire that guy, Colin. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's the deal. Like, it stays, you fire Colin. And there's no reason to... Fu- so... Colin was definitely not popular out the gate, but I think his the dislike for him is grossly exaggerated from yes the the common maybe critical people and stuff that like him. But as far as fans, the, the ratings were severely down for Trial of the Time Lord compared to what it was before. But when you pull the plug on the show for eighteen months. And you rush it back. Oh, rush mm-hmm. it. But I mean, you bring it back. You have shown that you don't have confidence in the program. You've already had word out. You canceled it once. So why get attached to it again? It's been gone for a year and a half. It wasn't a doctor that people were... He had one season. They weren't too fond of him. I'm not as fond of him as Peter Davison. But I think people like loved Peter, Peter Davison to begin with. Like Peter Davison yeah. could have done, he was like Tristan in some show beloved. He could have, whatever he was going to do next, people were going to love. And uh, he gets fired. The Colin goes and t- kudos. Like Colin offers to do, they want him to come back for what? One, the one story and regenerate at the end of that. And he says, have me for the season and I'll go. Because mm-hmm. he can't take other jobs until he's done with Doctor Who, and that would keep him on the hook for a year. Mm-hmm. So, well, and he—I I think in his brain, he knew that the traditional was three and out. Yeah, he you technically know. got Trout. Troughton had sort of started that. And, yeah, the Troughton rule. Yeah, yeah, although Tom was all like. <sighs> Forget that, but yeah, Tom goes by the beat of his own drum. Well, John Pertwee uh, went for five, so yeah, they were so, the... but like you know when Peter Peter Davison took over, and even Patrick Trouton was like three and out, it's the best thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, although I think when Colin went in, he's like, I'm gonna do this for as long as possible. No, he wanted to. I, he wanted to pass Tom Baker. Yeah, he he wanted to. He was in it for the long haul, so you know, and it, I don't know what his contract legally was when he originally mm-hmm. signed on whether it was three or what so i don't know maybe part of that was just trying to get what he was contractually obligated for well and sylvester didn't get a chance it was three and well it, we were yep. canceled like he he said he would have gone till they asked him to leave and he was pretty sure he was probably going to get one more season and they were going to write him out um but 
he would have just gone till it was over. Um, yeah. But he had no choice. And Colin, who wanted to, was gone. He wouldn't return to, for his regeneration. And luckily, though, he knew the part was bigger than, in the world of it, was bigger than him and bigger than a BBC guy who had him fired. Mm-hmm. Um, he never was bad to fans. He did conventions. He came back for Dimensions in Time. He did audio. <laughs> he's, done, he's done a shit ton of audio dramas. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's been any time that I can talk about Colin Baker as a person, not just as his run as a doctor. Mm-hmm. I am more than happy to. I yeah, I consider myself lucky that I mean, this has been the case with all the doctors um, that they've all been very great, uh, you know to the fans and the fandom and great ambassadors for the, mm-hmm. for the show. Um, but Colin, you know, if he had a chip on his shoulder, I don't think anybody would blame him, mm-hmm. but he doesn't, you know, the fact that he was done so dirty and he is just, he, you know, he is a, such a great ambassador for the show. Yeah. You know, he is so supportive of, on the flip side, every, like, every, at- everything they do, you know, when they announced Jody as the doctor and, mm-hmm. you know, some of the fandom was having a fix or like, oh, my God, a woman. And Colin was like, she's the doctor, whether you like it or not. You well, know, and he verbally himself, he verbally <laughs> yeah. backhanded Peter Davison because Peter yeah. Davison did this boohoo role model for boys. And he's like, he said what? He's like, ah, I will have a talk with him. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, well done. Like, like he listen, laddie. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm grateful for Colin because uh, on the flip side, look at Christopher Eccleston. Like, Chris has warmed up to it. He's warmed up. He's now to the point where he says, "If you want me back, you get me by myself. I'm not doing multi doctor." You know, yeah. that's better yeah. than he's, he's Cold Day in Hell. That's better than yeah. Cold Day in Hell. He's come yeah. back for a big finish, um, which is which is great. I I, I got to meet Chris at uh, a convention. It was the last convention I went to before the pandemic started and he had not been doing conventions very long that, I mean, he was probably not even double digits for conventions yet. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as appearances and he showed up to the table and of course, you know, there's a super long line because people are like, Oh my God, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a night doctor. He's finally doing conventions. And I could just kind of tell by his body language that he was just, I don't think it ever I don't think he could ever really quantify just how big this thing that he. I did think he's starting. To, he's finally starting to realize, and it's he's starting bigger to realize than anybody it, that pissed him off, and any one person. Yeah, it's bigger than any one person, and the fans are so great that there's not. And there shouldn't be anything to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I. Uh, so and he was super. He was super super nice when I yeah. met him. Super nice guy. But you could definitely tell he was just like. Okay, this is a thing. Yeah. Well, it was, it was just a uh, job for him in 2005, but now, you right. know, it was 14 years later by the time I saw him and it's like, oh, yeah, he this started is a, this it. is a With, thing. Without him without <laughs> him launching it? Yeah. I don't know if we're here or not. Uh he uh yeah. Stephen Shapansky, when he was on the show, he had the first interview with them at Gallifrey 1 and mm-hmm. they were backstage and he's like he's like, "All right." He's like, should I walk out through that? Because they have a big TARDIS on their stage or their main stage. He's like, you think they get a laugh if I walk out through that? That'd be good. He's like, you know what? If you're willing to do that, trust me. And the 
crowd went nuts when he came out of that. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, so he had a really good interview with him there and, and stuff. And Steve was just like, oh, it's like, it was crazy. I had the first one with him, first, you know, Doctor Who. It wasn't his first convention appearance, his first Doctor Who convention appearance. So he had the first, mm-hmm. you know, hardcore Whovian. Not that they don't have hardcore Whovians interview, but at, at the convention. So um, I think he's, yeah, he's warming. Uh, we just need to warm to Malta Doctor. I, I need these people to quit thinking multi doctors. Yes, cash in, whatever, but they're also fun and they're a celebration. I love multi doctor stories. They're a celebration. They're, watch Day of the Doctor and tell me that's not freaking awesome. I love yeah. Five Doctors too. And, uh, uh, there's a reason the Two Doctors is one of my guilty yeah. pleasure stories. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you have the Doctor against themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, even Jody has got it. Got technically a chance to do a multi doctor story is against herself. Yeah, you know, multiple versions of her doctor. But Most still. Were, and she's got Joe Martin to go with. Uh, Capaldi yeah. had a ver. You know, he had the first doctor for his mm-hmm. multi doctor story. Um, there, there's fun ways to do all that. Um, I, I, you know, I was talking to somebody but it'd be fun to do a multi-companion story too you know they always do that but what yeah. if you mixed a bunch of companions for all the different years um closest but, you've got with that is the five doctors yeah yeah where they couldn't get every it, it, it's almost like i it compared to sylvester stallone's expendables where that was not what he intended like he couldn't get everybody where he wanted and all this stuff so he just went with what he could and that what that story shifted all like because it wasn't supposed to be Sarah Jane with the third doctor in that. Um, mm-hmm. The brig was supposed to be with the third doctor. Like everybody had to like shift down to the previous and uh, just, but that's a, it's a wonderful time. The, the five doctors. Um, it's the one story where Pertwee gets to be with the Cybermen. Although mm-hmm. one cameos in Carnival of Monsters. Everybody said there's no Cybermen in the Pertwee era, but I'm like, watch Carnival of Monsters. They look through a port and one of them goes and that's it. But there's a presence of a Cyberman in a Pertwee story. Um, Rachel, looking back at the Colin Baker era, so is this one or is 22 your favorite of his two seasons that you had? That I, I, I think overall, I think I like this one more than 22 because mm-hmm. 22 is just so up and down. This and does not have well, a story as bad as Time Lash. Right. Like, I'll I'll give it that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is pretty solid from beginning to end. Um, And actually, I think it gets more. I think it builds up. It starts out, Mm -hmm. you know, Mysterious Planet is pretty good, Mm -hmm. um, all things considering. And then it just kind of gets better as it goes. Yeah. Actually, yes. So you get to this this finale. So it's, it's pretty strong from beginning to end. You've got some, you know, interesting creatures mm-hmm. and you know villains you know and uh you, know, you get uh the the goodbye of perry which we find out at the end of this that uh, perry alive! didn't actually die or lose her hair she's got her full head of hair and is married to princey Kratos. yes Living Perry. as a warrior queen. Will you marry me? <sighs> You're my which wife. In, which in the expanded universe in the books, I think it's in a book. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there's one book floating out there somewhere that apparently at some point Perry and Ukranos go back to Earth. Oh. And she becomes his manager as he becomes a professional wrestler. <laughs> I like that. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I, I, I personally, I'm a little bit bigger on season 22, but um, I, I like this. This season is always such a blast to go through, and I think, I think it's really seen an uptick in popularity since the Blu-ray came out because a lot of people went to that set. They finally saw it as a collected... Well, it was available as a set before, but they saw this collected effort. They went with the bonus materials, the whole story of it, and I think there's mm-hmm. just like a, a burst of fun with it and it just, I don't know, something that you can relax now. It's already happened, whatever, and appreciate it for what it is, and I think people are finally seeing that and enjoying it and Colin's era uh, yeah. a lot more than they used to, but especially this... Um, this story, I think, is is just fun, and uh, like I said with the Blu-ray raised my appreciation for it as well. I, I this one was, this is up there with one of my favorite of the Blu-ray sets, and uh, pick the day, it might be my favorite of them. Just the altogether nature of yeah. it, with um, the way they put it together, was really good. So, uh, kudos to Matthew Sweet, Chris Chapman, Tony Haydoke, all y'all that uh, put it together. Um, yeah. Good stuff. Mark I mean, Ayers and the 5.1 surrounds. The extended episodes. <laughs> the, ex- the extended Trial of the Time Lord. And the, the standalone Terror of the Vorvoids, which is really cool to see that they actually pulled the trial stuff out of it and made it its own thing, which they should have tried with Mind Warp. and They should have tried to make it chronological-ish. To, they should have done that. I know there's probably not the time and effort, but make a standalone Mysterious Planet, a standalone Mind Warp, then edit... A episode that's like the uh, the trial, but with like kind of like a clip show episode where they're going back and looking at certain scenes and doing those, and then end it, and then after carrot juice, do vervoids, <laughs> boom. <laughs> so I don't know, but it's it's really neat stuff. That's a machete. Is that your machete order? That's my machete order. <laughs> uh, yeah, my machete cut of of trial of the time lord. Yes. <laughs> Boom. Um, so, uh, Rachel, we did it. We completed the Colin Baker era. I have to find a new show for you sometime to come back <laughs> and do uh, some more on. Um, I appreciate this. has been a blast. I love And of all the Doctor Who to start and go with, Colin. Awesome stuff. So, um, thank you. And uh, let people know in the meantime where they can keep up with all your happenings. You can find me every other week with uh, Gold Standard, the Oscars podcast, where DJ Dixan and I are watching and reviewing every single Academy Award winner for a Best Picture in chronological order. It can be found wherever you find podcasts and on Facebook. Just look for Gold Standard, the Oscars podcast. You and should check every- out my fair episode of the show. <laughs> and eventually brandon will come back (laughs) our guest book is getting very full uh and then every week you can find me with the five ish fan girls podcast a uh pop culture entertainment podcast where we talk about all things geeky and nerdy from the female perspective and we can be found wherever you find podcasts and at the five ish fan girls com where you can connect with all of our social media accounts and my personal ones as well 
Hashtag carrot juice. No, it's carrot juice, carrot juice, carrot juice. <laughs> or Colin's final line, carrot juice. <laughs> His final line, live action, doctor. <laughs> it in is kind of sad when you see like fan art where they're like the doctor's first and last lines, you know, when they're first introduced and they're right before they regenerate. And it's all like, you know, run and you know, David Tennant's doctor is like, I don't want to go. And then it's like six doctors like, carriage. <laughs> <laughs> epic. <sighs> it's epic. All right. Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD, written work at whysoblue.com. Tomorrow, Rachel and I have a surprise for you. So she's not going anywhere. We got a surprise to end the week on. Uh, be back here for that. But from Old Space Show, this has been the Trial of the Time Lord. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.